Aaron's cliffhanger oh. movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we should decide on that. Yeah, that's I'm a like, good. Hmm, pie. Who is pie? <laughs> <That's easy. laughs> I could go for some pie. <laughs> <laughs> how many how many bad pie jokes are we gonna have on Hello and welcome to this week's episode of For the Love of the Frame. I'm Tim and sitting here to my right this time, usually it's my left, but this week it's my right, is the man who never passes up an opportunity to swim in a swimming pool, Ian. Yep, that's me. <laughs> that's what I'm known for. <laughs> that's what you're known for. Yep. And also with us is a man who swims what he feels like, Aaron. <laughs> I've never fed a tiger, but I have fed a chimpanzee, and he almost dined me out at the zoo, so. Timed <laughs> wow. you out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I kind of feel like we can't go forward until, uh, I need to at least get the cliff notes of that. I was eating a bag of cookies, and this chimp, he just starts clapping at me, and I was like, he wants a cookie. So I threw him one, he caught it, he ate it. Then an employee started walk, walking towards us, and he kept clapping at me, and I was like, chill, like, you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna get us caught. <laughs> So does that chimpanzee represent your brother or? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. We'll find yeah. out. Who was that actually? <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, well, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, as you've probably seen by now by, I guess, the episode title of the download, but we like to think that, you know, we exist in our own little world. But we're doing Life of Pi this week, uh, the 2012 film uh, directed by Ang Lee, uh, who's... I think known for his visual style, he's uh, famous for uh, being the director of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, um, as well as Brokeback Mountain. Um, this film uh, grossed $501 million worldwide, uh, so it definitely hit a, hmm. a chord with, with a, a wide audience worldwide. Uh, it was celebrated uh, at the Oscars. It, it won four Oscars, uh, one for Best Director, Best Cinematography, Music Score, and Visual Effects. Um, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Original Screenplay, Best Editing, Sound Mixing, Sound Editing, all those technical awards, Original Song, and Production Design. Hmm. And wow. so, as you fellas may or may not know, um, I, I do probably care a little bit more on the Oscars, certainly than Ian does. Probably, definitely yeah, Aaron too. That's probably true. But beyond the Oscars, what's near and dear to my heart, and it's a lifelong ambition of mine to be able to get this off the ground, I want to see an Oscars for animal acting. I feel like we need to recognize animals and the animal acting. Aaron gets it. Ian doesn't yeah. like it. Aaron gets <laughs> I'm it. I'm just shaking my and head. I have to say. Disbelief over here. Life of Pi, the tiger acting in this movie is phenomenal. Tiger acting is good, yeah. I'm just thinking of a uh, pig, the movie. Pig. That that pig would get get an yeah, Oscar. Yeah, but there just wasn't a lot of. He certainly might have got a nomination. Like Richard Parker in this film, it's the Daniel Day Lewis of <laughs> wow. animal acting. Wow. It's a pretty bold. He didn't claim. break character. For he did not break character. <laughs> I actually read it was four tigers that they used. So four four tigers sure. yeah. and a healthy sure. bit of uh, CGI. A little bit. 
stuff writing on my parade hair. And I, it's real to me. It's still real <laughs> I like to, to think that there's a tiger named Richard Parker somewhere <laughs> who is just retiring because he achieved cinematic greatness through the sprawl and just left on top. But he still hasn't won an Oscar. He still doesn't Until have an I, Oscar. He's yeah. going to be my first yeah. Lifetime Achievement Award okay, and we'll yeah. have a whole montage. It'll be great. What do you think, Ian? No. Uh, I think we should move on with the rest yeah. of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so I, uh, I've i been up front with, with these guys. I, I, I'm not quite... This is a difficult movie to sort of break down um, because it's, it's really one long extended parable. But... Before we, we get there, and we will, um, I, I just wanted to, to begin with uh, maybe just a few minutes of talking about the, the visual style and effects. This is such a, a visually stunning film, and you know we, we've all watched it in the last week or so. It's 2012, 10 years ago. Uh, it doesn't feel, at least to me, it's dated in the, in the visual effects, and um I don't know, beyond just being stunning, I just, uh, I don't know, I just want to hear your thoughts on, on maybe what role the visuals have in, in the storyteller, how it helps set the the tone and the feel of the film in your eyes. I think for me, it just, it makes me realize that the director is really intentional with a lot of what they're doing. Because even, I remember thinking in the first part of the movie where they're in India and it's showing the zoo and how he grew up and everything, and it, especially in the flashbacks with his uncle, it it looks like a Wes Anderson movie. That's what mm-hmm. I was thinking. and But it does it well. It's not cheesy. I feel like it pulls it off. And anytime I see something like that, it just makes me think that a lot of time and effort went into that, creating that effect. And... So for me, it just shows that it was a very carefully crafted movie. It wasn't something that was just thrown together. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it adds. I mean, that adds. And they, I mean, the, the set is relatively small for most of the movie because it's just him on a boat and then his little raft right off of the boat. And that's most of it. But the way that they bring in all the different things that you would see out on the ocean is it, it makes you feel... I, th- I feel like they did a good job of making you feel like what it would be like out there. Like sometimes it would feel it is really crazy and super chaotic. And then sometimes it was really pretty and really peaceful. And then sometimes it was like felt kind of like a desert. You're just stuck in the middle of nowhere. So, yeah, I, I thought the style really it was really pretty and it was really visually appealing but I think it added a lot mm. to the movie and I really enjoyed it I, in different parts of it too like I said kind of the, the Wes Anderson thing but it didn't stay like that there was a lot of uh there's a lot of other stuff that I really liked about it yeah I th- I'm remembering more scenes <clears throat> more scenes now just just makes me tear up <laughs> um, I'll consider this podcast a failure if we don't get you to cry at one point wow that would be if that would be very surprising if I cry on this podcast we'll but. S- Put a hammer to your foot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There are ways. That <laughs> There's you other could. ways. Yeah, but I don't want to take all of them. So, Aaron, do you want to? You have anything to add? Yeah, visually, I enjoyed the. I, I agree with you. I think he used multiple kind of styles. Um, even the the first like third of the movie, you could have extended that out into an entertaining movie all on its own. Just this kind of family portrait. Um, these guys in India and then 
the, the family's really well developed and, and drawn out and they're just, they're just enjoyable to watch their, their dynamics and um, the way that they're thinking about life. And then it goes into this like kind of big production, like almost like Spielberg type of mm. movie with the shipwreck. I mean, that's a huge set piece, set design, like, and, it, and then, yeah. And then it, and then it's just, and then it's like kind of a castaway kind of, it's just him in a boat, you know, with the, with the tiger. And so the way that I appreciated the way he blended, um, the different styles, the different types of storytelling. Um, and, and yeah, and then you've got this odd, like middle section on the Island or maybe last two thirds, mm. um, where he goes onto this Island and it's, it's very, you know, psychedelic feeling, um, and it doesn't feel like a mishmash of styles. Like they all yeah. work together and complement mm-hmm. one another. And I really appreciate how he pulled that off. Yeah, I think that's a good observation. Um, I'm glad you, you mentioned the beginning, like the very, very beginning where they're rolling the credits. It almost felt like a nature documentary. Mm-hmm. It's just very, you know, these, these sort of close up intimate portraits of just animals mm-hmm. in the wild. And I actually thought that was a, a really neat way it spoke to me in a way um, because and there's a lot and we'll get to unpacking what the movie's saying, but almost the celebration of creation. Uh, and there's so many exotic and odd shaped and odd looking and odd acting animals that seem to reflect this sort of creative thing. And, and you know, what, what are the themes of a sort of science and rationality and how it interacts with faith and, and things that are, are not entirely like in a, in a rational, reducible sense? Almost those little portraits, it was this this meeting. You know, it's a zoo. Animals are studied. Animals are known. You, you can learn all kinds of things. But then there's a way where if you just see animals as objects of study or specimens, you, you lose some of the, the awe and wonder and beauty and majesty of it. And just being able to, to see that wordlessly. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just, it's just, it felt like a nature documentary for the first probably four or five minutes of the film. Um, but it was done in a very kind of high definition, very sharp, very like visually stunning way. And, and it lingered. It was maybe slower than I expected. You know, it, it did. Kind of, yeah. You know, it just it really linger, took its yeah. time. And it just, it just felt like a celebration of, of life and, hmm. and just what it is to just be on this earth and then all that it inhabits. Um, and then, you know, kind of piggybacking on what, what y'all were saying, uh, it was a real interesting blend of like real, but you know, CGI and effects and a lot of 3D, you know, um, it kind of reminded me of, of Avatar, but Avatar, you kind of look at it, it seems clunky and, mm-hmm. and almost like, <laughs> like you laugh at it now, but there's like a, a certain deafness with Life of Pi and it, it weaves in the surreal, you know, and it weaves in like, you know, oceans and waves and it's like, okay, I've been on the ocean, I've felt waves and, and that's real and I have a, a certain category in my mind. But then there are certain scenes where it was like, the ocean was like a glass. Yeah. You know, it just, it was perfect reflection. Mm-hmm. And you know, that wasn't like the ocean can be calm, but it was like a couple degrees beyond yeah, like, what like would, would be just natural. Step out yeah. onto it. Yeah. And the way that like the parable is sort of this, this blurring of the line of what's real and what story and it's inviting you to ask, does it even matter? You know, all those kind of things. The, the visual was underscoring that I thought the, the whole time. 
and it was provoking you to awe and wonder and whimsy in some ways, or, you know, some of these, you know, bioluminescent, you know, just the, the depths of the ocean and just crazy things. And then some of it was just starkly real and mixing those together where you really don't feel like you see the, the lines of the stitching. Mm. Uh, I just thought it was a really interesting effect. Yeah. When I liked the way that they did it of having his character telling a story, because yeah. I think it's easier to accept that if in the story that you're watching, you know, in the movie, you have a character telling the story because right. we are all fine. I think if we're, if you have a story being told, you're fine with the lines between reality and, I don't know what you want to call it, you know, something fantastic being blurred a little bit. But if you're just watching a movie and the movie is supposed to be realistic, then you kind of just want it to be realistic. Mm -hmm. So them using that, I feel like it helped a lot with Mm -hmm. that. And it, and even that added, because then they, they step out of that at certain points. They don't do it very often, but it, I guess three or four times during the movie, they step out then back into him telling the story mm-hmm. And and even that adds a lot. Mm-hmm. At least for me, it did, especially at the end. Yeah, because on top of the the parable piece, it also serves to underscore. It's like the way our memories work mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, right? Yeah. That you know, retelling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually curious too, because as I think about this film, it's really hard for me to separate out what the movie's saying with like the the visual depiction, like the the, mm. the art direction and all that of the film is so deeply intertwined in my just even absorption of the film. But this is a book. This this started as a book. Um, Yan Martel, I'm probably mispronouncing that, but um, I know, Ian, you've read it. I know it was a long time ago. I don't yeah. remember it super well, but I, I was just curious as someone who, I don't know, have you read it, Aaron? I've read it. You're, okay, so I'm the only ignorant one then. <laughs> I guess for, for both of you, like, it's just, I'm curious, like, cause for me, the, like I just said, the, the visuals are so, I, I almost can't imagine this without the visuals or that it would be a very different story without the visuals, but clearly it originated as a story without the visuals. So I'm just curious if you guys had any reflections or memories or maybe not just like the plot points, but the experience of reading it versus watching it. Yeah, I mean, it, it was a while ago yeah. for me, so I don't... But I, I do remember it a lot. I mean, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday. It's one of the... I read it in high school, and I think it was one of the first books that I read that it really got to me, and the the way the shift at the end, that really hit cry. me. I didn't cry whenever I... whenever I did cry whenever I watched it, but I didn't cry whenever I read it. visuals matter. Yeah, well, I was a lot more emotionally repressed whenever I was in high school, so I don't know. It's not really a fair scale, I don't think. Um, But I do... I remember, like, I remember the description of the island really well. And in, in the movie, this is the first time I've seen the movie, actually. It was basically exactly what I remembered it to be. And I mean, I've read a lot of books since then, but something about the way that the island was described, it was visceral enough to me that I had this idea, even, you know, that many years later, still in my head of what that island should look like mm-hmm. and all the meerkats running around. And it, and maybe it's because it's so specific and so outlandish that it's not that hard to make it. But I mean, that that stuck with me definitely. And, and I, maybe it is just because it's the, again, it's so outlandish, but just the visual of having a tiger, this huge tiger out in a lifeboat. 
I, I think that is, I definitely remember that. And the way that he describes the animals in the book, it's very, I remember it being really visceral. Like you kind of feel it. And so I, I feel like it, I had this, a similar effect to me as, it, as watching the movie did. How about you, Aaron? Yeah. I remember enjoying the book. My memory of it was it being a little more of a philosophical thought exercise, like through story. When did you read it? Like how long uh, ago Around when that? the movie came out. Okay. About 10 years ago. Okay. Um, I hadn't heard of the book until the movie came out, and so then I read the book. Um, the book's from like 2001 or 2002. Yeah, it's older. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but my memory of it is it being a little more philosophical, a little more thought-provoking. I don't remember having many like kind of strong mental images um I thought it was interesting I remember enjoying it but the movie in in this case I think felt more powerful to me just seeing these things played maybe I'm just a more kind of a visual person Mm -hmm. anyway but I I have read that many people were surprised that this got made into a movie because the book is so philosophical and indescriptive and um they weren't really sure how it could be made into a movie. So it was a, a great accomplishment by Ang Lee to be able to translate this from, from book to film. It was an impressive feat. Yeah, and to do it so successfully, you know, it's, yeah, I agree. I mean, I've heard that and I, I can appreciate <laughs> Having not read the book, it does seem like a difficult thing to adapt. Um, yeah. You know, it almost would take something very creative and somewhat above and beyond, I think, to do it successfully and not have it washed out so I don't I think that factors into my enjoyment of the film yeah um yeah I you know part of part of what we do and we've talked about it like we enjoy watching films we enjoy trying to to see what they're saying and then uh you know and then sort of apply you know like engage with it from a, a Christian perspective um this film, I think it's part of why we chose it for, for an episode. It's just very unusual in that it's just overtly, explicitly making a, a certain philosophical statement. Um, so most films, we, we go and analyze and, and pull scenes and, and pick apart um, to sort of derive meaning. And this film's unusual in that it, it just sort of <laughs> surfs it up. Um, and so I, I want to do... I want to do right by, I don't want to just jump into like a philosophical debate with the film and what it's saying. Um, I think there's parts of it we can affirm and a lot of it that we would just disagree with, you know, respectfully. Um, and we'll get there. But I, I just, as I've been thinking about like how to march through this, um, we have the, the beginning of the film, which is kind of a setup. And then we have this almost hour and a half long sort of extended parable. And then we have the end that sort of interprets it, I, I suppose, and, and sort of drives home what, what it's saying. And so I wanted to, at this point, just confine ourselves to, to the setup, um, in which, you know, I would call that up into the shipwreck, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and just what's going on um, and, and what we're seeing develop, what, what the movie's sort of developing um, in, in just in, in that, that phase of the film. Go ahead, Ian. Okay. Kick us off. <laughs> yeah, I'll go. <laughs> I mean, we were, Aaron and I were talking about this the other day. I've actually talked to each of you guys 
uh, before this about the movie. So I, I've been really excited to talk about this on the podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like he, he, they, they do a lot during the first mm-hmm. 20 minutes. They really develop the characters really well. Um, but yeah, they set up some of the bigger questions of the like faith versus science, I guess, or faith versus reason, whatever you want to call that. Um, yeah. And, and just the, they set up some of the, um, non monotheistic universalism type stuff. They have, they have some of that in there, but I guess a, a lot of it for me is just, uh, I just liked watching the characters develop and I liked the, I just liked the family. I thought they were really interesting and you, yeah, you got to see a lot in a very short amount of time. You got to see, you know, how Pi grew up and how that affected him. And, you know, kind of through that, you saw like his, his dad and his mom and the way that they interacted. And it felt just all of it felt super real to me. And you, I think it just, a lot of it made sense, but, but it's interesting to think like, why is he so different from his brother? You know, his brother is obviously very, he doesn't have the same questions that Pi does, which I think is interesting, but it's something you see in real life where you'll see one kid has all these kind of meta questions. And then the other one is like, Oh, I like, like cars, you know? And, and that's, <laughs> and they're just totally fine not asking those questions, uh, which I think is interesting. And yeah, so I, I'm not doing a very good job of summary, summarizing it, but I really liked the first 20 minutes of it. And I really like all the characters. Yeah, I like the whole family. I think I would love to encourage you to like, don't just summarize, but unpack it. Like, you know, you're, you're saying, yeah, lot, but you're almost like summarizing it. Like, like, w- what do you see? Like, yeah. how, how is Pi's journey kind of unfolding? Like, what draws him to the different faith? How does he careen from one to the other? Like, and I, I was going to say this as a kind of a smart aleck remark, but I, I kind of think maybe there's something to it. Like, he's right. <laughs> the whole Pi, piscine, swimming pool, French, weird uncle. Uh, but like pissing, right? Like, you know, and then so he gets mocked and made fun of. It's like, does that perhaps lead someone to maybe ponder some of the bigger questions? I think questions? it does. Like, yeah, I think I, I'm so. I'm kind of being yeah, somewhat tongue in cheek, but no. somewhat like serious. Like, I think that's the thesis of the movie because that first, um, not your name being made fun of, but like the, because it's the way the book starts and it's also uh, at the beginning of the movie when adult pie is meeting with the writer and he's the writer saying, I hear you have a story that will mm-hmm. make me believe in God. And the, the book starts with the same thing it, uh, it's Jan Martel saying, this is a story that will make you believe in God. And I think essentially what the movie's saying and, and what you see unfolding in pies like young life is why does he believe in God when he doesn't come from a family who like, they don't believe in God? His, his parents are more on this like rational side. He, they say why they are that way, how they grew up. And then you see it played out in kind of their family dinner. Um, the mom's just a little more supportive of him and kind of his, um, she's a little more open to him kind of exploring and, and um, the dad's a little more, he's, he just seems kind of like annoyed by it. And so, but, but I think it's setting up that question for us. Like, why would somebody believe in God? And I think that him being made fun of, it's, it's silly, but it's also like, you don't, you don't see 
it, to that point, anyone else in the family kind of being like pushed into like the harder things of life, even if it is like a silly thing, like kind of being, your name being made fun of at school, it's still something that, that causes him to ponder bigger yeah. questions in life. And why, why is the dad antagonistic to faith? You remember? Because he got sick. Right, he and had then, polio. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then he got... And he was racked with pain, and yeah. he wondered where was God, mm-hmm. and then Western medicine saved him, not yeah. God. medicine's what saved him. Right, but so like that's, so there's that's an, a story. There's an alleviation of pain. Right, but so he, he put his... Right, at, yeah. Exactly, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. And then the mom, to continue like what mm-hmm. Aaron's was saying, like she's not as the cold-hearted rationalist, but she her connection to her hindu faith is it's a connection to her culture and her past mm-hmm. she says like she feels connected it's the one thread to her yeah doesn't past. it wasn't she kind of alienated from her mm-hmm. family because they thought she married underneath her right status right and so it's just interesting ways of like even like it's subtle that the movie blood like blows right by <laughs> it they don't spend right. a ton of time on that but i, I think it's it's there because different people have different life experiences that leads them right Religious and irreligious, and and you see that in that dinner scene mm-hmm. where you know, which I don't know, I, I thought that was very well done in a subtle way. Yeah, I from the mom, I got the impression that she is a lot more. I, I don't think she necessarily agrees with the dad. I right. think she's just trying to hold it together, and I don't know why that hit me so much, but. I really like the complicated family dynamics Mm -hmm. in any movie because I think those are more realistic. Like I've seen that before where a father will say something and you see the mom like she doesn't agree, but she's trying to take care of the kids and she doesn't want to have this fight, you know, right now. And so it's like she'll kind of gloss over it, but then try to comfort the kids. I, I feel like I've seen that in real life a lot. And I felt like they play that out really well. But it shows you what the family is like, because you could see why he would look for something different. Cause if you see this like dissonance in his parents, if he sees that and then also he's getting bullied at school, like you can see why he would look for something else. You could see mm. why he would want something different. And then with his brother, if his brother hasn't really hit anything and maybe he's just not, you don't really get a lot from his brother, but I, I kind of get the feeling that he's not quite as observant. He seems like just kind of more of a, Normal kid. Just Don't they say he likes of, cricket? Yeah. yeah. Do they? Do I, they ever see that? I could see that. If I remember correctly. That would fit. That's kind of what I was going to say. He seems like kind of the more of the jock type, the, like the jock archetype. And so, yeah. And I think those types of people, they normally run into that a little bit later in life. So it kind of makes sense to me, even though you don't see this, uh, you don't see them for very long. You get this whole view of, who they are. And then also the uncle, one of the things, actually one of the lines that, um, cause where that line comes from of, he said that this, you would, you could tell me a story that would make me believe in God and Pi kind of, he just laughs at it and he says, well, my uncle would say that about a good meal. Right. And, and that, I thought that was really funny because if you have somebody who is really is like truly faith-based, mm-hmm. you will see God in everything. Like mm-hmm. even in those small little, little good things. And I think even with that relationship, like 
you don't see the uncle very much. He's he's not in the movie. I mean, probably like two or three minutes. He's actually on screen. But I I will say I would watch. I told Aaron this the other day. I want to watch a whole movie about a Mama G movie. Yeah, <laughs> just, I just want to watch a movie of him like traveling around the world swimming. trying to yeah, <laughs> the different pools. Yeah. different pools. I just I thought I don't know why, but it's just the way that they portray his character yeah. is just so funny. But. I think I've seen that a lot in life too, where you have this, this uncle type character, whether it's a real uncle or maybe it's just like, maybe it's a teacher. I think a lot of times it's a high school teacher, um, that has this really big influence on a child. And a lot of times it's because they look at their parents and they aren't really getting what they want. And so this uncle is very religious and, So, and you can see that influence pie as well. And that's something, again, you don't have to, they don't dive really far into it, but they show you enough that you can see, at least I think you can pretty clearly see that that's what's happening. And it's still a loving family. Yeah. Like those things aren't rips that don't make them turn against each other. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know, a lot of them meet their demise soon after, but it's, he mourns it. He, it's, it was never you know, contentious. And right. Like, I, I really think that that dinner sees, uh, it's quick, but it's really in a lot of ways the key to mm-hmm. really, it lays out like where the rest of the film's going. And so just filling out some of it, um, I took some notes. Um, the the dad tells Pi, you, you can't, you cannot follow three religions at the same time. <laughs> believing it three at the same time is the same as believing nothing at all. Um you know, and so I think a lot of ways the movie sets that out and then is arguing with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, he, he puts forward reason, uh, but then the mom turns around and says science can teach us what is out there, but not what is in here, like mm-hmm. referring to the soul, which, you know, uh, it kind of she's not rejecting of that, but she's also not putting all her eggs in that basket of like the only way to like understand what's going on. And I think that that's something that, that the movie's interacting with and it just killed me. I, 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 I saw it twice this last week getting ready for this and both times it made me burst out loud laughing <laughs> when like the dad's saying all that and then kind of coming down hard a little bit and then Pi's just like, I think I'd like to get baptized. Yeah. <laughs> it just it's like, pretty funny. <laughs> it's just but right. dad just kind of looks at yeah. it, he's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, it's just a very dad moment yeah. where you're like, you think you're just like, I'm <laughs> right. scared. Like, there's no way, there is no way to even not think this now. I have right. so laid out my case and right. it's just like, none of it lands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just going to talk about whenever they're eating and the dad's like, man, the lamb is the that, best thing here. Great, yeah. I love that line. It's so good it's though, right? So, yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, it's really funny, but it has this element of truth. You can see the needling uh-huh. that he's doing and man, it's so funny. That cracked me up. Yeah. Cause it is that it's like you were saying, there aren't these huge rifts, but there's just these little cracks that we all have in our family. Right. And so just being able to see that is, I don't know yeah. why, but I think it's, it's the fun. Brother it's says like, something too. That's funny. I just, he, Oh, he yeah. has a, he says Pope Pius at one point. Yeah. Yes. And he Pope has, Pius. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has kinda, yeah. the mom doesn't want to laugh. <laughs> yeah. she's, like, she's like fighting it. He has another one too. He has another pun yeah, that he, he falls he out. He has some pine names. It's pretty funny. Out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the, for this kind of first section, I, I feel it would be kind of neglectful if we don't comment on uh just his his progression his collecting of faiths <laughs> for lack <laughs> of a better term um and he sees it as you, you need an introduction to god and so he's introduced to god 
through Hinduism, um, what is it? Something like nine million gods or something. I forget. I think it was like 30. 30, yeah, okay. 300? So, so yeah, <laughs> I don't remember. More than one. It was a lot. It was <laughs> yeah. more than I yeah. like remembered. Yeah. I remember being shocked by the number. Yeah. Yeah, and so where, where does that, like, so he goes from there and then, you know, that I think in his viewing and certainly adult pie's telling of the story, um, you know, he sees that as this like awakening or a sensitivity or, you know, even a willingness to consider that there's mm-hmm. a creator or someone over him, uh, over all the world really. And then, you know, I think his curiosity, I guess, you know, and, and so you have this kind of funny scene where, I don't know, they're on vacation or they're, they're somewhere. And they're like the mountains and his brother dares him to go drink the, the holy water. Yeah. So he has this challenge. Two rupees. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, like I think that's probably all of our little, you know, radar, you know, kind of attention. It's like spiked when he walks in and has this interaction with the, uh, I guess probably a, a Catholic priest. priest. Like a priest yeah, yeah like. a priest. Sort of like Jesuit um, priest or something. Yeah, so like, let's just let's talk about that. Like, like what <clears throat> coming from a, a Hindu background, like, like what is it that that drew him to Christianity, and like, how did he sort of fit that in his kind of worldview? He Pi, his his because he keeps going back to the priest and like asking questions. Yeah. I think, and I remember one of his big questions. Um, like the story of Jesus laying down his life, sacrificing, like God doing that didn't make sense to him. Mm-hmm. Why Why would God do that? What kind of God would do that? I forget exactly how he asked the question. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, it's an experience of God that I think he wasn't familiar with through just through like Hinduism where I think it was more the, these gods are to be appeased and, and people are to, you know, try and stay on their good side. Then he experiences Christianity where he's hearing this story of, wait, God comes down to humans and, and lays down his life for them. And so it's, it's, it is an interesting, like, yeah, like a sacrificial right. God, which yeah, it is, I don't know a lot about Hindu gods, but is, it stands out to him, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But then he thanks the, I forget which one, but he thanks a Hindu God for introducing him to Jesus. Yeah. Vishnu. Vishnu. Or, yeah. yeah who I think is like the, the creator of the, I think, that's, I think right. that's one from the comic book who has like the cosmos in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. When he, yeah. yeah. In the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, uh, not in real life. Not, <laughs> that's not where it actually comes from. <laughs> well, from no, it's, comic book. <laughs> I, I'll confess when he said that, I'm like, Oh, I guess Aaron's reading comic books, but then it, it flashed my mind that in the movie. He was looking yeah, at comic, and then like, I, I, I realized yeah. what he was saying. So, yeah. I get it now. That, that, I feel like that's the first moment where like the Hindu faith, he, cause he's reading a comic book right? and that image is just so, yeah, it just yeah. grabs a hold of him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is how it works a lot of times. Right. It's right. just, it's a, it was an interesting depiction. Um, yeah. In, in my notes, he, he says, I met Christ in the mountains when I was 12 mm. and then I had like a little thing it, just visually. I don't think they comment on it verbally, but you know, his brother sends him, you know, they go, but as he comes down the mountainside, it's this little like kind of countryside church, but the door was just open. Right. Like he didn't have to open the door. Mm-hmm. It was open, which I don't know. It's just, most buildings have the doors. 
they're closed and then you open them when you enter the room. Like it just, it seems like an intentional choice, uh, subtle, but an intentional choice. Like the door was open and he kind of creeps up to it and like kind of lingers by the, the door and then walks through. And at first is like kind of just taking the water or whatever. And then the, 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 priest comes in and is like, are you thirsty? Which, you mm-hmm. know, that, that's a pregnant kind yeah, of saying yeah. in, in Christianity right. and then the, the imagery around water and thirst and all that, um, which I thought was kind of interesting. Um, and I did, I, I really, you know, like I said, there, there's some, tons of stuff we can argue with or differ with, but like there are things to affirm and then things I think are well done and the complete, just the way it's acted and, and written when like, you know, he's asking questions and he's just like, so like this God, right? Like the Hindu thing, the idea of like God coming to earth to like suffer for people who are kind of bad. <laughs> he was just like sacrificing the innocent for the, like the guilty. Like what kind of love is that? He, he just was like, mm-hmm. like that makes no sense. Like, right. and that's, yeah, we can affirm that. Like it, it makes no sense, but they do a great job in, in my view of like, it, it like kicked in his head. It wasn't this like, right. okay, hey, cool. Let's collect Jesus on my team of gods. Like it, it like gnaws at him in the incongruency mm-hmm. of it and the the way that it, it really doesn't make sense, but it's so compelling at a soul level. It kept bringing him back. And he was asking these kind of natural, but deep questions. And like one of my like frustrations is like, and not like really, but like the way you watch movies and you get frustrated at characters is like, like he came back and he was asking, uh, why if God is perfect and we're not like, why create, why does he need us? And the priest is just like, all you need to know is God yeah, loves I know. us. And I it's just like, like, no, there's an answer to that. I there's a like really that. deep, yeah. wonderful, awesome. But at the same time, sure. I know a lot of priests who would kick, especially to a kid, like, sure. you know, so it's not, I don't consider it a flaw in the writing or anything but there's still that part of me that's like, no, there's a good answer to that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. You're good. No, yeah, I liked it. I mean, just the way that he was interacting it with it, like a kid would. I mean, yeah, it, it is very childlike and it's very uh, sincere. It's very genuine. And he has these questions that's like, that they do make a lot of sense. And they, they make more sense than a lot of questions that adults ask, I think, uh-huh. which, uh, you know, is kind of funny. It's just one of those funny things about kids. Um, I also kind of going along with that, I felt like they did shortchange the Muslim <laughs> side of things. Yeah. I, I was like, man, what the, like <laughs> they got yada yada. Yeah, they, they, got, did. <laughs> yeah. they did. Yeah. Cause they go through this whole story of their, they're out in the mountains and then he, he like goes into the, the yeah. like talks to the priest and then comes back and keeps talking to him and everything. Right. And then he's like, Oh, and then I was walking past a mosque and then I got a rug. Yeah. 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 I was like, man, that doesn't seem very fair, but yeah. okay. <laughs> it would have been interesting to see. I would, it would have been really interesting to see what they could have done there. What, what does he attribute to uh, Islam? Cause he's, it was, you know, he, yeah, he does have something. It was something about just being more connected. <laughs> right. I think because he, he likes the prayers and the, like touching his head on the, on the ground. Right. Like, it, it was something about just being more like viscerally physically connected. Okay. Yeah. I had the same thought. Uh, <laughs> it's like, if I was a Muslim, I'd be one. Yeah. Like, Come on now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of felt like they were going with the two and like, well, we're obligated. We got to right. throw it. We <laughs> yeah, don't want to offend did. anybody. It did kind of feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the other interesting thing 
it kind of cuts back, you know, he's telling the story and it jumps back to, to adult pie and with the reporter, you know, interviewing him. Um, I guess writer, I don't know. Writer reporter. Is it's not really a reporter. Yeah. That's yeah. The, that's the wrong. He's adjective. writing a book. He's yeah. writing a book. Um, but he kind of asks about doubt, um, you know, and it's just interesting how Pi, you know, like, yeah, it's almost like doubts another religion. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it you did feel like that. Bring yeah. that in. Like, you know, is it, it's like faith is a house with many rooms, many rooms and then like doubt has a whole floor or something. I think or, it was all the faiths are different floors okay. and then doubt it's has rooms, rooms every on every okay. Something I can't remember. I think <laughs> that that's what it was, but right. I can't remember. <laughs> But yeah, no, I just, you know, like that's also part of even his collection and, and whatnot, you know, and mostly just um, wanting to take note of that. Um, well, it does kind of, a, it's kind of an acceptance of not explicitly, but it is kind of an acceptance of like being agnostic or almost even atheism too, because mm-hmm. it's kind of saying, like, yeah, that's a part of it. And it doesn't really go into whether, you know, if you're purely doubting and you just have zero faith, what that looks like. Because he's kind of using it, doubt as a part of having faith in gods. But, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to be a true, I don't know what a true universalist would say. I mean, if you're really a universalist, then is atheism a valid option i don't i don't think i've ever thought about that before or had anybody bring that up i don't know part where you're gonna start crying (laughs) (laughs) Uh, it doesn't seem like it i am kind of sweating it's pretty hot (laughs) hot. (laughs) i looked it up he says doubt is useful it keeps faith a living thing after all you cannot know the strength of your faith until it has been tested Hmm. that's his i agree with that yeah, like, uh, I think, that's a, good, I think yeah. that's a good, yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, we can discuss it later, but like, I think if your faith tradition where it's like blind faith or, or it's like, you know, you can't ever have doubts, right, yeah. or it's like evidence of weak faith, it's like, it doesn't work that way, mm-hmm. and more often than not, you're setting someone up for failure. That's what I mean, like, there are these, like, truths woven into, like, a larger narrative that's maybe kind of pointing against, you know, the whatever. But I, I do think it, and it's what I like about what we do. It's just like we can pull on those threads. And um, but anyway, um, I think that more or less does a good justice to the to the setup and, and really what the movie's trying to develop. And then it moves into what you eventually find out is is this kind of there's two stories being told at the same time, even though it, it really is just the one at first, or you don't realize it's two. Um, and so, yeah, <laughs> how do we, uh, well, cause we, we can go through and, and retell the parable. I mean, and, and cause there's all kinds of cool visual things and, and neat little nuggets tucked in there. Survival um, tips. Yeah, right. some good survival tips well, that's in there what, too. I, we can, I guess I, I was mentally saving it to like when we kind of rate the movie or say, you know, how we, but like it kind of stands on its own as just like a survival movie. No, it does. I think yeah. that's really what helps yeah. make it so enjoyable and not like a sermon or yeah. not some like vapid, like, you know, 
light watered down philosophy thing, but it's like, <laughs> there's a tiger and a boat, <laughs> there's killing and there's survival. Nice like it's just like, these are all awesome things. It's just like Castaway, but if you replaced yeah. uh, Wilson, Wilson with a with tiger, tiger. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what this movie yeah. is. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, maybe as a starting off point, and maybe this is, a, I'm just, this is my intuition, so I'm probably wrong. But um, for both of you, I guess, I guess you both read the book, but what was it like with the reveal? You know, and how did that, like, like I know for me that I wasn't expecting, I really didn't know. I knew it was a well-regarded movie. I vaguely knew, you know, a little bit about what it was, but you know, I was just along for the ride. Mm -hmm. And then that, that reveal happens and it really threw me for a loop. You know, I just thought it was very interesting. Um, and so I don't know, I just wanted to hear just what it was like for you guys. Yeah. I mean, it was fun for me cause I read the book, but like I said, it was a long time ago. So I knew that that was there, but then they don't do that in the movie for until pretty much the end, like the mm -hmm. absolute end. And so just waiting for that and trying to figure out how they were going to do that was pretty fun. And, and they do it well. And I guess, I mean, it's maybe fun isn't the best word because it's not a fun, it's not a fun twist, but, um, I mean, I think from a storytelling perspective, I guess I would say it's fun, but from an actual, from the, from the story itself perspective. And I think I told this to both of you guys too, like it's a brutal story, mm. but the way that they can do that and it can, it's still only a PG movie. I think it is amazing. And the, the twist hits hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, even I knew what it was going to be, but I, and there were some of the particulars that I forgot. Um, but I remembered like the, it was the, the French, um, chef, I guess, I don't know if they call Gerard him Depardieu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That guy. Yeah. Okay. That guy. <laughs> we, we all remember him. Um, yeah, so I, I remember little pieces of it. I just remember he, like, killed some people on the boat. But I, I didn't remember, like, I think I didn't remember that it was his mom that was on there. And, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just, it's brutal. And it makes you feel all of that without showing it to you. And to me, that almost makes it even more impactful. Because we watch all sorts of movies all the time where people die. And it's, it's you have to do it well, even if you're just showing it, yeah. you have to do it well to make it emotionally impactful. And this, it really got me. I mean, I, I so I liked the, the way that they did the twist at the end and the way that they, I mean, I think it, it just would have been really cool to go into the movie, not knowing that there was going to be a twist yeah, like that you were was talking me. about. Yeah. Cause it really, it waits till the end and it just, it comes out of nowhere. Cause you kind of think he's done with his story. He kind of he basically already ends his story because well, it's an amazing story, right? And, and you it's get already like there, really yeah. sucked into it, uh -huh. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I I really liked it. I don't know that I have anything else to say, but it definitely, I mean, it reinterprets the entire experience, and then it leads into the deeper question of you know, well, which story do you like better, and mm -hmm. you know, does it really matter? And and then he he says ultimately like, well, that's the way it is with God, which reinterprets the whole story, but then reinterprets the meaning of the meta story of, mm -hmm. um, of life of pie, which I'm sure we'll get into, but mm -hmm. I, I like the twist. I think it adds a ton to the book, to the movie too, I guess. Yeah. It's a dark twist in the, 
it's like some really strong acting in those scenes because mm-hmm. the the way that they're conveying things with their faces, the two Japanese insurance adjusters, which James Saito is like the older one and he was Shredder from Ninja Turtles. What? So, yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I like that guy. He's pretty funny in another movie I like, but um, it was hard seeing him in such a suit, but he, he did great. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, but yeah, I... Same. It had been a long time since I'd read the book or seen the movie. And so I remembered vague details, but it kind of hit me hard all over again. Yeah. Uh, just kind of hearing him retell it, seeing his face, the way he's, the way that people are reacting to him, telling it, both the investigators and the writer, um, young pie and older pie. And, um, yeah, it's a powerful, it's a powerful moment in the movie when you, you finally realize like, wh- cause it, it's like the survival story with a tiger in and of itself is intense. Mm-hmm. And it's a great like filmmaking trick to be able to like tell you this intense story. And then they're like, we can actually ratchet it up a level and mm-hmm. like make you feel even more like, Whoa, like mm-hmm. he went through that. Like, so it's, it's a pretty incredible I think moment to, I feel like we're just going to take everything so that Tim yeah. doesn't have anything to say. No. But, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure you have some, I always some have take, something. Yeah. Like you got something. Yeah. <laughs> um, that also just how quickly he switches into it. Yeah. That he, he knows what happened because right. there's a certain sense whenever I, I guess maybe I'm just thinking this, uh, whenever I was watching it, but it's like, okay, well maybe, maybe he kind of tricked himself into thinking that all that stuff wasn't true. And I think that there were maybe times wherever he was just out there on the ocean and, you know, I'm sure your mind just gets really weird, but, but the way that he switches into it so fast, it's, it's very real to him. I mean, he knows what happened. And so, and I think that's part of why it hits, it hit me so hard was just Mm. knowing that the whole time, right. Like whenever he was out on the ocean, he wasn't just surviving, um, the physical hardships that he was going through he was surviving getting over a huge trauma too. And, and I think just realizing that he was carrying that the whole time, that makes it so much, I mean, I mean, how much worse could it get? It's like, you're going through all this horrible, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, it's, it's horrific. I mean, being out on the ocean that long. 227 days. Is that what it's, Mm -hmm. wow. I was wondering what it was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he's doing all of that, which is crazy. And it, it felt, I mean, I like felt it the way that maybe it's cause it's so long in the movie. It's such a long period, but I was imagining me being out there and I'm sure it's worse <laughs> than what I was imagining, right. but you know, it makes you feel it to some degree. And, and then doing that with, you're just alone with your thoughts for mm-hmm. 200 days, whatever. And your thoughts are the last thing you experienced was, you know, seeing his mom stabbed to death, you know, and then him killing this guy. And then he really like regrets that and has a lot of shame about that, uh, at least in some ways, that those are the thoughts that he was stuck with. There's so, there's so many angles that it just is so horrific. Mm-hmm. But it does that and it's a PG movie. And that's that's <laughs> another thing that I think was so incredible about it that I really appreciated. Yeah, it's funny because the the second time I watched it this week, it was just like, is he really like? And I'm kind of thinking about it. I'm like, he just confessed to a first degree yeah, felony. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, he definitely does. It's yeah. just like you want to like think it was self defense, but like he like there's a day he thought about it for yeah. a day, mm-hmm. and then like you know the cook kind of left the knife out. I think yeah. it was essentially asking for it. Yeah. But mm-hmm. 
like it's just funny and this really probably isn't even relevant <laughs> but like it brought me back like one of the first days of law school there's this famous uh British court case from like the I want to say 16 or 1700s where the guys like, in the rowboat exactly with, uh, the lifeboat with the tiger yeah oh yeah yeah the, <laughs> yeah uh, no they were it was a shipwreck and they were stranded oh, I think okay. there was three I of them where you're going with this. and they were like stranded for however many weeks or months whatever and like they're they're all it, basically if we do nothing all three of us die oh, if we yeah. agree to kill one then the other two will live but one dies and so they ended up um, killing like the the youngest one and like drinking his blood or eating his flesh. Yikes. And then they ended up getting rescued and then they gave their statements. And when they did that, and they ended up convicting him of murder and throwing him in jail. Oh, wow. Because huh. they didn't make it random. Uh-huh. If they made it random, they would have, you know, but they targeted the weakest one. Oh, if they so had like drawn Yeah, so this wow, isn't really super relevant to the podcast, but you know, hmm. we're, we're all about knowledge, I suppose. Yeah, that was interesting. I probably mischaracterized. Law school was a long time ago, but it just made me think of that. I'm just, the, that part of me that's like, shut up, I. Like, no, <laughs> you can't trust them. They're not on your side. And then, They're from the insurance company. They just want to yeah. cover the themselves like right. no don't do it get a settlement he's like and then yeah. he fell off the boat yeah the sequel's like after he's gotten the taste of murder he just goes around <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> wow life of pie too. Life of pie too. <laughs> wow. anyway when i said i had the if you take all the good points this is what you're left with yeah. what you get yeah wow. this is what you get so you could have some sort of weird serial killer where he like writes <laughs> he just like writes out all the decimals of pi or something like there's some way you could work that into it. i'm sure there's some cheesy mystery out there with that columbo's on it columbo. yeah columbo so, you know, I don't think we're assuming, you know, if you're listening to this, that you've seen the movie or you, we don't need to retell the the parable. But I do think that there are things in that section that maybe provoke thought or, or that are just beyond the simple narrative of like, here's the story, then here's this twist and, and kind of a reinterpretation of it. But just thought provoking or, or just maybe parts of that survival uh, slice of the story that maybe you found interesting or, or um, I don't know, just kind of leaving it open-ended. Anything like that? The Island was definitely yeah one of the more thought-provoking pieces to me. Um, just the the idea that he, he's lost at sea, he finds an island, it has a lot of the things that he needs yeah. to live, and it, it feels like a place where he could just kind of live the rest of his days kind yeah. of peacefully, if, yeah. if lonely, but still... But he has all those meerkats. So. He's got a lot of meerkat friends. <laughs> a, lot, a lot. A lot of them. I mean, Richard Parker's doing his part. Yeah, Richard Parker, <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, if you were like in like a store with like Reese's Pieces everywhere, and you're right. just like, that yeah. must have been awesome for him. Yeah. Well, it's interesting at first he's walking through them and it's like, you kind of get the idea like they've never been around a predator. Because right. yeah. they're just standing there like yeah. doing you're nothing. Like, no. And then at some point they're he finally just grabs running. one of them. Yeah, he just grabs one and he like throws it back. And, um, but yeah, the idea that, and he learns this is a carnivorous island. It, it will eventually kill him, eat him. Um, he sees the different fish being eaten at night in the, in the pools. Um, he finds a human tooth. And it's that idea of like, when you're, when you're in the midst of just challenges and difficult things, 
things that can feel like salvation, mm-hmm. things that can feel like rest, um, shelter, um, and they can be good. But if you stay there, like it will, it will end your story. Like, it, you know, there, there's more for you and you do have to find the strength to press on mm-hmm. and to leave the respite, to leave the comfort, the, you know. Yeah. And take a lot of risk. And take risk. It was mm-hmm. risky for him to leave. Um, Super risky, yeah. You know, he could have died, like, he could have just as easily died leaving, mm-hmm. but that at least, leaving at least brought a chance of living mm-hmm. and, and returning to, like, life. Um, whereas the island was, like, that was, like, certain death. It was, it was going to eat him. And, um, yeah, it, it was, that was, that was thought-provoking for mm-hmm. me is, like, the, like, we all have those experiences yeah. where, you know, we're in the midst of something some kind of respite comes and it is, it's tempting to, yeah. to just stay there. Like, yeah. Let's just stay here. Like this is yeah. safe. It's comfortable. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I, I really liked about the, the survival piece is that he, it's very explicit in the movie and it's from Pi's perspective. He sees the sovereignty of God over that entire time. Like, yeah, through, which is really interesting. calm yeah. and storm. He see every step of that way. He sees it as God, sort of in it and, and showing or teaching or revealing himself through all of the, the suffering and trial and whatnot. And like, there's even one part where he just, it's this like sign of submission or this overt Mm -hmm. act of Mm -hmm. like, just whatever it is, I'm good for it. I just want to know you, like, please reveal yourself to me. That's during the storm, right? Right. And he just, you know, and and there was a time I think when it was calm and he had like a similar thing. And then there was also, Mm -hmm. which again, Mm -hmm. right. God works through the good and the bad. And that's why it's such a a bookend experience for me. Cause when I saw this in 2012, the Island thing, I had no, that came way out of left field. I had no way, like, I'm like tracking, okay, tiger, lifeboat, cool, cool. Like, what in the world is this? It had made, it it was fluorescent and it was weird and then the tooth. And I did not get it at all. And it didn't tank the movie experience for me, but I'm just like, okay, that was a thing. (laughs) I'm just going to set this on a shelf. Yeah, because you kind of can just ignore it. Right. And the rest of the movie just works. And and that's kind of how I treated it. And then when I watched it recently, I had that exact same, what Aaron described. Mm -hmm. And like, it was beautiful. Mm. And I like, I even like took down, um, he said, uh, what what the island gave by day, it took away by night. Mm. Um, and he said, if I hadn't found the island, I would have died. And right. If I hadn't seen the tooth, I would have died. Right. Hmm. And I, I'm not trying to restate what Aaron said because he said it well, but like, it wasn't even just that he found it. It's that God ordained it. Mm-hmm. Right. But what good things that God ordains, like when you're suffering, there right. are times where you can just, he gives you a port in the storm or a refuge where you can heal and you can... But that island isn't your God. That island, right. like, that's not your salvation. And that's yeah. not, and, and there's that human thing of like, I was suffering and I found comfort here. I can't, this is my new shelter. This is my mm-hmm. new life raft. Yeah. That's, yeah. And and sometimes like, like what God gives, but he's also, I think, and he sees it as a loving thing, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is that the, like seeing that tooth, he saw that as like, he was grateful for it mm-hmm. and it put him back on the boat, which I mean, the boat's motion, right? It's, it's going towards an ultimate destination. Like in this metaphor, Mexico. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where it's going. <laughs> and I, I just thought that was really poignant mm-hmm. and really insightful and beautiful. And so 
True, because it was just like like it just it's so familiar. Like yeah. all like there was things to eat, there was place to rest. There was kind of meerkats aren't really that much predatory, <laughs> right? It's just water, like everything. He was like sitting on that for two hundred and whatever days, just you know the the beating of the sun, all of those things, and it just would have been so tempting to stay there, mm-hmm. and um, and then like, we. Can, talk about it eventually but like it's also like he looks out for richard parker mm-hmm. it, it kind of does show this like they've come full circle in their relationship yeah. where he doesn't want to leave him and he calls him he could have taken that raft off but he like calls him and you know richard parker comes bounding through um which is like an interesting kind of pivotal point in their yeah. relationship what does pi say he can't be controlled but he can be tamed yeah, something like that. Yeah, he does. It is. He can be tamed. I can't remember what the that might be. It maybe it was controlled. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's interesting because if if Richard Parker represents Pi, mm-hmm. and he has this like he he discovers this like savage nature mm-hmm. that's within himself. Um, there's a part of him that's afraid of that because he's like I, I'll, I'll, I now I know that's a part of me and it, I'll never be able to control that. But he does like, cause I think he says with God's help, hmm. he can be tamed. Hmm. Hmm. That, that's the quote. Hmm. He says he, could, he couldn't yeah, be controlled, yeah, right. but with that's God's help, good. he could be tamed. Yeah, that's interesting. And it is, it's, it's him like reflecting on his own nature. And he, he discovers, I have this violent, savage nature in me, but with God's help, you know, he can be tamed. Mm-hmm. Um, well, yeah. And I think used for, is useful. It's something that's needed sometimes, which I think is interesting. I mean, I think we live in a society where we in society itself, I think tries to basically kill that, but we all do have, and not if you're specifically talking about sin, but just kind of this like wild survival side that people Mm -hmm. have. Um, it's not necessarily that helpful in, you know, normal civilization, but you do need some of it. I mean, even if you're like, have to have a conversation with somebody that you don't want to have, you need kind of this like wild like i mean maybe it's just courage but it's like you need to have this thing of like okay i'm gonna do this no matter what happens and and it's useful you need that you can't live like that all the time of just throwing caution to the wind but you need that side you need that like tiger side to come out sometimes and and yeah it needs to be tamed because you can't be like that all the time but it is useful. You're and developing a talk, the, the tiger inside. <laughs> yeah, the, I know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's been done already. I don't know by who or where. But if Ian shows up with tiger stuff yeah. <laughs> painted on his face, you know you're in for a, a tough conversation. Yeah. It's like, oh, great. Also, yeah. Okay, Richard Parker. Yeah, and a bowl yeah. of, uh, Frosted Can I talk Flakes. to Ian? <laughs> I'm sick of talking to Richard Parker. He just keeps growling at you. <laughs> yeah. Watch out. Like, Ian, <laughs> I will pair my share of dinner, okay? Just, <laughs> just chill out, all right? Please don't do the tiger thing again. <laughs> so piggybacking on that, I guess what you guys have been talking about with, with Richard Parker, honest question. Um, and I mean, I, I could spill out some thoughts, I guess, but honestly, just genuinely watching it, why at the end, like he's still so emotional, even adult pie after all these years talking to the writer, he's emotional that Richard Parker, like when they finally landed, walked into the woods and didn't say goodbye. I understand they went through this, you know, thing together, but like, where do you think the emotion comes from and why, 
especially given the, the two ways of interpreting that story. I, I'm genuinely curious. I don't even know what I think. I just yeah. want to hear what you guys think. I don't know. I mean, from the, if you take it at the face value story, right? I can definitely see that. But why would you expect a wild animal <laughs> to like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I get that it's a thing, but. I don't know. We personify everything. I mean, we personify inanimate objects, you know, where it's Which like is, you. That's part of what the dad's telling him at the beginning. Right, is, exactly. Yeah. yeah. This tiger doesn't have emotions or feelings whatever that his eyes were reflecting back your own mm -hmm. emotions like this is an animal this is a force of nature mm -hmm. and then he says his dad was right right so but I, I mean but that doesn't mean i mean we're not completely rational and so i think but it's not so much on the beach when he's crying out richard like i get it you're delirious you yeah it. like right. but adult grown man wife yeah. and two kids he's still moved by it yeah I he's think still, still i think that's still valid i don't know we're all we all have soft spots towards weird things and okay. i just think I, to me that that still makes he sense does, he does i was looking it up he says um you know in the end the whole of life becomes an act of letting go but what always hurts the most is not taking a moment to say goodbye and so it is this like, I think that, like that's what's still affecting him like so many years later. It's, it's, um, and, it, and it's interesting. Yeah. I don't totally know how to interpret that because if, if Richard Parker is. Yeah. That this, I don't This understand. depiction of yeah, his kind of like okay. wild, savage nature. And he knew, I think there's a part of him that knows like going back into civilization, like that, that part of him has to go away. Like he can't. He can't be Richard Parker back in society. Mm -hmm. But the not saying goodbye, like, I yeah, I don't, I was wrestling I don't, with that. Like, what, that. How did yeah. he not get a goodbye with that, that piece of him? Okay. So I'm not know. the only one that was, like, I was just yeah, curious. I, for that interpretation. I, I have, have a double no whammy idea. of like, it's like, wild animal. Okay. Like, a, little, sure. a little too high expectations of the, you know, him going into the jungle and not turn it around to say goodbye. I, like, I just think it's not rational. And I, I think that's I, I think pretty it's, fair. I think I some know. of it is the, I think it's in conversation with the dad saying this is an animal. Like it's yeah. not. And cause he, he said that it hurt his feelings that he, he's like, cause I think he even acknowledges that. Like, I know he's an animal. I thought he would at least like look back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think he says look back and growl. Right. So it's not even like he like wait, like he doesn't want him to wave or, you know, do something weird he just wants him to some some way acknowledge him right I, I think that's part of what hurts is the him he is a person of faith but maybe him experiencing some of that more like rational side of, of the world like this this is an animal it mm -hmm. is a tiger at the end of the day like they had this incredible journey together but you know he might have been binded about bonded to the tiger, but the tiger wasn't necessarily bonded to him in the same way. And that hurt. It hurt to finally be met with that reality. Like, and I could see that still hurting years later, I think with that traumatic of a experience. I don't know. I, I, I can see it. I just, <laughs> I've never survived a shipwreck. So maybe sure. I yeah, maybe that's my tune. Okay. Well, but I have a we'll real hard out time. We'll, yeah. give you, we'll give you a tiger, leave you there for two hours. Like, days. How, how old do you think he is <laughs> we'll when he's back. talking to the writer? Like, mm -hmm. 40s? Right. And how old is he in the shipwreck? Yeah. Like, 15? He's a teen, yeah. Yeah. Right. Like, we're talking like 30 years. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I have a real hard time. That has to be one heck of a shipwreck that uh, 30 years later, I'm still holding on to the yeah, tiger. Yeah, but I mean, he's a, he's a like religious studies professor. I mean, this, he's not like, he's not a lawyer and he's not an engineer. He's, he's Canadian. Yeah, he's Canadian. Canadian. Yeah, he's a Canadian religious studies professor. I mean, what do you expect him? He has a bowl of frosted flakes. He just cries. He's like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Tony, maybe you'll be my friend. <laughs> Tony? <laughs> They're great. Uh, <laughs> um, I suppose this is as good a time as any. Because um, I, I have some other, I think, more interesting questions yeah. uh, I want to get to. But as we endeavor to, to take the movie on its own terms, um, and this is admittedly an open-ended question, I think the movie intends it to be an open-ended question, um, but it's asking what, what story is better? It's interesting that it asks which story is better and not which do you prefer. That's a really interesting question to me. Yeah. Or which one's true. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it kind of is... That to me is what the movie is getting at is more of which do you prefer, but it's putting it in this more absolute terms. It's like taking something relative and then it's making it absolute, which is really interesting. Mm -hmm. And it maybe is kind of a commentary because that is the way that we talk. Um, like we were having a conversation. I don't, I don't remember if this was on the podcast or not. Everything, everything just blurs together, yeah, yeah. but the way that it, a lot of times the way that we tend to talk about belief um, we tend to talk about it, just humans in general, we tend to talk about it like we're speaking it into existence. So it's like, oh, well, I believe this now. But at the end of the day, none of that, I mean, and maybe I'm tipping my hand into what I think about all of this, but at the end of the day, that doesn't matter. What matters is true. It doesn't matter if you believe, like it's the whole thing of like, oh, well, I believe that I can, you know, float in midair now, you know, it's like, well, that doesn't matter. Right. Like right. I can't, so right. it doesn't matter. And in the way that we talk about religion is like, Oh, well, this is what I believe now. And we act like we can speak it into existence and that's just not true. And, and so I, to me, it feels like the way that we interact with those sorts of things are just a little bit, uh, they're, they're skewed, but, and so maybe it's having kind of a commentary about that is like, it's taking something that it knows is subjective and then, but it's asking this really objective question of, Oh, well, which one is better, mm -hmm. but you get to decide which one is better. And two people could decide two different things, but they're, you know, yeah. and it's kind of like, mm, okay. But, it's and so it's like playing with that. What for gets sure. through to you? Yes. Yeah. And it's, so it's right. like, that's why when he says, um, I written down somewhere, both stories, the ship sinks, the family right. dies, I suffer and survive. Yep. Neither, you know, the, the animal version or the people version can be proven or disproven. So which one's better, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like these big pieces are the same in both stories. You know, right. From a complete bottom line it for me, shipwrecked, people died, I survived. Like both stories agree on those parts. So well, which even version just gets take, through like, to you? Yeah, even if you just take inputs and outputs. Right. Yeah, same thing. Right. And so that's why... It's not saying which one's true because that's the wrong question. It's just funny because, like, I uh, just a couple hours ago when I was, you know, in, the movie ends, and, and one of my sons was just like, So, which one was true? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it's just like that, yeah. like, 
almost like it's a mystery. And if you can analyze both in, sure. I think that's part of even back in 2012 when I saw it, when it came out, that was my orientation. You know, and I think people would say that's a Western orientation or a, you mm-hmm. know, a certain, maybe a, a science driven or a lot, whatever. Um, Cause you know, it's like, well, if you really think about it, like, that rationalist part of me is like, well, it can't be the atom, right? right. You know, that's really highly unlikely. <laughs> and the, you know, and then, but then you, you go a layer deeper and it's like his emotion talking about like his mom being killed in the night. And like, why did I not go for it? Like to me, that was just like so specific. And he's right. like, I thought about that every day out there. Yeah. It's like, right. well, how could he say that if he was making that story up to help the Japanese people, you know? And so I kept going there and finding ways of like, well, that doesn't hold water or here there's, you know, that's a gap in that story. But it really is, if you're taking the movie on its own thing, like that's the wrong framing, it's the wrong mentality, and it's kind of killing. Like if, if Pi was in the movie with me, you know, Canadian Professor Pi <laughs> crying about Richard Parker, he, I, I would be making him cry because I'd be making fun of him. Wow. For, for yeah, that. he's just roasting and then, him. <laughs> and then before he, you know, I'd, I'd be testing the limits of his peace and Canadianness. Uh, <laughs> But then, yeah, he, he would be shaking his head just glumly at me being like, you're an idiot and you're missing the point of my story. Like, yeah. where's Ian? He'll cry with me. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> I did think this movie was sad. I thought, I thought it was really sad. Yeah. So what, what story's better? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I mean, to me, I get, I, that's interesting that you were saying that because I can definitely see, you see the both sides, but to me, it's like, well, the the real people story is the real one. <laughs> like yeah. there's not really a question. Right. It's cute. I'll play along. Yeah. But like, we all know like, the real people. Well, the real story. Yeah. yeah. And that probably is kind of a Western, but I, I mean, and I, I like engaging with the story of, and I think this is how I kind of engage with the world is like, I like engaging with this. Oh, but what if, or like, but it actually is, you know, it's kind of both stories at the same time. Like, Oh, like, isn't that interesting? And, and I like that. I think I like talking about that, but then at the end of the day, my, I mean, I'm an engineer, like my, um, just the way that I look at things, I do kind of my, I almost my first and my last question is going to be, okay, but what's actually true. Mm -hmm. And let's make sure that we're making decisions based off of that. And, and so in this instance, that's kind of how I approach this of like, yeah, I mean, you can have all these interesting conversations about like, okay, yeah, faith is this, you know, tower and you get the, you, 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 what do you get if you have all these different levels and all these different faiths and what do these different faiths like, what, how are they different? How are they the same? You know, that's interesting and all that. But at the end of the day, and, and I mean, I, th- I think why this matters to me and why I think this ultimately is like at the end of the day, if there is a God and it, and we die and there's like, a real judgment and there's a real heaven, there's a real hell. That's, I care about that. And mm-hmm. that's what I want to be making decisions off of. And that's why it, I really, it's kind of interesting. I, I feel like a lot of the way that I am just as a person, I think has almost filtered down from some of that, uh, which is, which is interesting. I mean, I, I just remember having a really strong sense of that, even as a child of like, okay, what's actually true. And then kind of base everything else around that. And so that's the way that I interact with this story is like, yeah, this is kind of cute. Like I get it and it's interesting and I think you can get a lot out of it. But at the end of the day, 
we care about things that are true because we have to interact with reality. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I mean, there's just, it's really interesting. It brings up really interesting conversations. So I could keep rambling about it for forever, <laughs> but I think, I think where to me it does break down is that you can say like, sure, you can say I had, uh, I had a hard time, you know, the boat sank, my family died. And then I went through this hard time and, and now I'm off the boat. You know, I can tell whatever story I want and that's sure. Sure. But like seeing your mom get stabbed to death because she was protecting you versus, um, whatever the other story was, an orangutan getting eaten by a hyena. (laughs) Those are two fundamentally different experiences and they will affect you and your, your mind differently and they make you two different people. So to me saying that they're equal, just is just incorrect. Like I, I am willing to go along with it. I'm willing to have the conversation, but at the end of the day where it meets reality, I just say it's as incorrect as saying like, Oh, well, what if I step off this curb that's six inches? Or what if I step off the empire state building? That's, I don't know how many inches the Empire State Building is. <laughs> Way more Somebody. than six. <laughs> Parker, quick. <Yeah. laughs> we need some production. We need a research department yeah. here. Yeah. I'll just leave some space here that Parker can come in and post and he can <laughs> put in how many. We'll fix it in post. Yeah. yeah. No, but I mean, right, like that's where that's where it does matter, right? And that's kind of a silly example, but that's where reality kicks in. Yeah. And you can talk about yeah. that all you want, but. If I step off this edge, it matters how much space there is underneath it. And that's kind of my orientation through this whole, basically to this story. I I love what you're saying. I agree with it 100%. And it is extremely incongruent with your take on Richard Parker walking into the jungle. I'm sorry. Wait, walking out of the jungle? (laughs) It's an animal. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I'm hung up. Okay. Well, I think it's like the question of like, which one's the better story. I think, I think it goes back to the, the dinner scene where the, you know, the mom saying like rationality explains like the facts of things, but it can explain like what's inside of us. Mm -hmm. And I think that's like, those are essentially the things that, that Pi is, is wrestling with, like that he learned he has this capacity to murder, that he feels ashamed of the choices he made with his mom, that he feels responsible for her murder. Um, he's, he's still questioning, like as an adult, like, why did I, you know, make some of these choices? And, and I think like the, the rational facts of the thing don't explain those choices to Mm -hmm. him. Like, Mm -hmm. and he needs a better story that explains like, like, why did he make the, to help him understand, um, the, the choices that he made. And so uh, that's where I, like, I do see some like how, how they like the, the kind of like equality, kind of like the, the magnitude or weight of, of each story. Like I, I get what you're saying, but I, I do think the, the, the animal story, like it helps him wrestle with and, and understand things that just like the rational, like fact based story of this guy did this, I did this. It, they just don't, that story doesn't yeah. help him understand what's inside of him and what he, mm-hmm. what he knows is there. That's also mm-hmm factual in some ways like he killed someone like he knows yeah. that capacity's in him he needs a way to help him understand that and, the, and i think that's well, yeah. part of what the movie's saying like, and i i agree with that i mean even what i'm saying like how i like to be black and white and super rational i use story i love fiction i love it in movies and i love it in books and i use that as handles to understand mm-hmm. the real world so mm-hmm. i i totally get that and i'm right. like sympathetic to that so even what i'm saying is kind of like i'm talking 
like I'm more rational than I actually am too. So yeah, mm-hmm. I, I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Um, but what you're saying is true too. Like that, that thing's a foundational part of why we have this podcast. Right. right? Like, right. Um, <laughs> and I really appreciate Aaron, what you're saying is I feel like you're, you're helping fill out that, that side of it. Um, cause it really, but I sympathize with you, Ian, cause <laughs> In order for that to work, for what Aaron's saying or what the movie's trying to say to work, you have to have a, the details don't matter. It's the big things. And so, like, for, for, for Pi's telling of it, the big thing's just meeting and knowing God. And so if you connect with an animal story and that's what it takes to get you there, then whether it's literally true or not, it doesn't matter because what's literally true is knowing God. Mm-hmm. If it takes the, the the human side or whatever, and then that's the thing that you happen to connect with, like whatever it is that you connect with that grabs you by the collar and pulls you up to like meeting God and, and being kind of waking up to that, then that in and of itself is good. And so the details don't matter. It's the the destination mm-hmm. and, and how you get there is how you get there. And that can be different for different people. Um, and so that's why it's, it's interesting because like the writer, like the tiger story, um, you know, which I mean, it's what he said, but. Right. Yeah. He um, says I like the one with the tiger. Yeah. Like but I think it's animals. more of a, like, what do you connect with? And so the movie would say, well, clearly you connect with the, the people version of it. And you, you have all these things that you find meaning and, you know. But it's also maddening because details matter. <laughs> like right. it's it's the mm. it's like that that faux deep profound sounding thing that if you examine for like five seconds, it's like <laughs> no, <laughs> that doesn't you know. Um, yeah, the investigator says he's like bananas don't float. Right, right. Yeah, that drove me nuts. Yeah, <laughs> that's a verifiable fact. Right, right. It's it's what you're talking about. Yeah. Like, it, wait, do we know? Do bananas not? I float? meant to look that up. But I was <laughs> do like, we know that. <laughs> He was very was certain of it. So he I just he was them. very certain. But yeah. then the movie depicts them floating. Yeah. I was mad that he didn't. It was funny. I was watching it with my wife and she's like, yeah. pick up the bananas. That's what I, I was thinking that too. I was like, <laughs> you're, all all there. you're in the ocean. You're not going to pick them up. You're not even going to try to pick yeah. them up. He throws like five on the yeah. Yeah. Like, You are not good at survival. <laughs> yeah. The net and then just lets all the bananas yeah. go. And it's like, what? Yeah. You'd only use the net to catch more food. Just use that food right there. Tiger study bananas. Yeah, the orangutan's still, oh, orange juice is still alive at that point. Yeah, yeah. It's like, right. orange juice. Yeah, he like yeah. throws a banana at orange yeah. juice. <laughs> he's like, here you go. He's like, yeah, it's like that's your only banana. <laughs> at least split it. Use it wisely. <laughs> so I'm gonna take this moment and oh, indulge man. myself, and I'm just gonna grab the wheel here. I'm gonna run something by you. All right. Okay. This is just a this is a Tim original. Yeah, I knew you always you yeah. have something. Tim. I had something. Yeah. And as I was watching this, is I knew what the movie was saying. I kind of you know again we we talked about it. I can appreciate it. Um, and we can we can jump back on that train in a little bit. But I actually, as I was watching it, I think the movie in some ways is more interesting. And again, I'm not saying this is the intention. I actually, what you guys are talking about is undoubtedly the right faithful interpretation but Richard Parker what if Richard Parker is a metaphor for doubt Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and right because we have this this motif of doubt we talked about it earlier in the podcast where you know the faith has many rooms and doubt um and even that first initial encounter when he you know when Richard Parker first comes to the zoo and the you know it's it's this almost naive encounter and the father's very like protective and, and, you know, there's a way of naively encountering doubt. I think as a young, like kind of Christian or a believer. Um, but I actually went and, and kind of 
using this as a lens, we took some notes about the, the evolution uh, and the shipwreck of Pi's relationship with, with Richard Parker. And if you just, again, see this through the lens of, of doubt. Yeah, sure. It starts where, where there's this fear, fear and antagonistic. Um, they're, they're not occupying the same place. Like he has a very real fear of Richard Parker, understandably. He's a hungry, heavy, vicious, spangled tiger. And so Richard Parker kind of has the boat and he kind of creates this sort of makeshift raft and is there and is very wary, right? And then he, uh, there's still some physical separation, um, but he, well, hold on. I have, um, well, yeah, you have that, that surrender piece to God, right? I'm your vessel, show me, right? That thing. So mm-hmm. antagonistic, then you have the surrender to God piece. Um, and then you see that there's this string of, of little vignettes where he is trying to train, remember, with the, mm. the, the seasickness <laughs> thing and yeah, the whistling. Yeah, yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah. And he's coping and he's trying to manage Richard Parker, who's this untamed, you know, wild beast, you know, the, the way doubt can be. And then he fails. <laughs> Richard Parker does not succumb to, to any of the efforts to do that. Um but then there's uh, the, the time where, where he actually rescues Richard Parker when, when mm-hmm. you know, he jumps out of the boat and yeah. he can't get back in and, you know, and he kind of brings him back in. There's this like making of peace um, where there's still, you know, it's still a wild animal. It's still wariness, but they kind of met and, and made peace. Um, and then there's uh, like the, the, the confrontation out of desperation with the tuna fish when the, the mm-hmm. tuna comes in and Richard mm-hmm. Parker wants it. And then he, you know, and, and there's that, that sort of direct thing and that helps sort their relationship. Um, yeah. And then the whale thing, but then there's like that flying fish, right. And there's <laughs> that perfect, right. Um, and then, right. So then we talked about the Island and then ultimately like, like the departure. Uh, I actually thought, and I'm not saying every little nuance perfectly lines up, but the idea that I guess the, the, the bow that ties it together and what I find <laughs> intriguing and interesting about seeing Richard Parker as his metaphor of doubt is um, he says that earlier in the film that without doubt, he wouldn't have faith, right? Or that faith strengthens, uh, doubt faith and strengthens faith. And then he says that he wouldn't have survived the shipwreck if it wasn't for for Richard Parker and, and having that. Like, he, he would have died. He would have. And then, you know, I do think that there's a place from, like, a mature, like, believer where, where like, for me, just speaking for myself, I, I don't struggle with doubt in the sense of, like, is God real? Is the resurrection real? Like, like. I've sort of wrestled through those things in my youth and kind of come out the other side. And I can wrestle in a sort of functional day to day, you know, do I really believe God's lover? Do I really believe in, you know, and the things that cause me to sin um, in, in those moments. But from a macro sense, I don't struggle with doubt in that sort of foundational way, which is almost like Richard Parker going into to the woods. And so I just thought that was a kind of a cool thing. I'm not even saying you have to, you can just be like, yeah, whatever. But I thought that was cool. <laughs> yeah, whatever. I grabbed the steering wheel because I can. I just wanted to speak that out. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm trying to, I mean, I, I think especially their dynamics while they're on the boat. I, yeah. I like that. There was, man, there was some scene in particular that I was thinking about while you were talking that I thought was pretty good. But yeah, I mean, I, I just the idea of like separating from it and just pushing yourself away from it and kind of doing everything you can to just 
to, yeah, I mean, to separate yourself from it, but then you're still attached. It's right. still there and you right. can't get rid of it. And in, in the parable there yeah, on the ocean. So there's, there's no really getting mm-hmm. away from each other mm-hmm. and it's still there. And then trying to tame it in different ways. I think, yeah, I, I think it works. I think, I think it works. Well. What's the not looking back. Did you ever, do you <laughs> flush that part out in your, uh, <laughs> I was just curious <laughs> if you got that far in your well, I, I do extended think metaphor here. Some people <clears throat> cherish having doubt mm, and there's a comfort mm, that can go along mm, with that. Mm, it almost makes mm. them feel complicated. Yeah, or, or yeah, that. There's no, a certain, there is, yeah. I don't want to like besmirch or, you know, but like no. there can be like, I'm a, yeah. you know, I'm deep or I'm, I'm yeah. like nuanced because I hold this and they're reluctant to let it go all the way because it, it's part yeah. of their identity. I think as a I'm, free thinker. Kind of, I'm kind of like that. I think yeah. I, I have that for sure. I think. Well, there you go. So see, look yeah. at that. So yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I see it. You're blushing now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, it's just hot in here. <laughs> oh, it's the tiger stripes. <laughs> yeah. Those aren't tears. That's sweat. Weird. My eyes are sweating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, that's pretty good. I, I like it, Tim. I think that's an interesting, it's an interesting take. All right. All I right. like it. Well, if you ever find yourself watching, I, you're probably not going to do it soon, but next time you see this, Keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. So I have some questions as we're kind of getting near near our end. Um, is this film respectful of faith or insulting? Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I think I think I would just my gut instinct is that it actually is pretty respectful. I think you could say it's insulting, but I think if you, you wanted to be insulted by this movie, you could definitely find ways to do it. But I, I didn't feel like it was insulting. I, I thought it was pretty respectful. And not in just like a, oh, everything's true way. But I do think that it was really engaging with a lot of those things. And I I do think Aaron and I were talking about this, and it hasn't really come up yet. But just I don't think it's really is about universalism. Or I don't think it's a, an advocate for universalism. I think it's uh, more of about the stories that we tell ourselves and it and and in that way it could maybe be seen as a little patronizing but i think it's understanding like in the same way that we could look at pie and say yeah i mean this animal story doesn't really make sense but if he needs it to rationalize and to live with himself after all the hard things that he went through like you know i think the the i guess jan is kind of saying like who are we to to judge that and I mean, whether or not you disagree with that, it didn't feel patronizing to me. I, th- I think it could be if you wanted it to be, mm-hmm. but I guess my gut was that it didn't feel like that to me. didn't feel disrespectful. Yeah, I think it endeavors to be respectful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you... I understand why, like, from a, a religious, a faith perspective, why it could feel like maybe this person doesn't understand my faith completely or but I don't think I don't think they intend to to be disrespectful I think what Ian's saying like I think they're trying to say I think it's interesting because the question is or the the kind of like theme that's put out is like this is a story that will make you believe in God but it's not a story meant to prove God to you like and, and I do think that's like a that's an important line yeah and I think it's what Ian's saying like he, he's not 
he's not trying to say through this story, like, I'm going to prove to you the existence of God. I'm going to show you why people believe in God. And it's because we have these like just powerful, like elemental forces inside of us that we don't totally understand why, like we, we don't really know ourselves as well as we think we do. And in, in the way that we try and study the world to try and understand ourselves, like it, we just don't find some of these answers there. Mm. And I think that's why, I think that's what the movie is trying to respectfully say that like religion helps us to understand some of these questions. Um, that just being rational, observing the world doesn't get us all the way there. Yeah. You, you took my next question. Um, so I'm just going to roll into that. Like the movie does promise to say, I'm going to tell you a story that'll make you believe in God. Now I know we can't really put our, you know, it's, in the shoes of someone else who, you know, but sure. like, a lot, you know, I think you answered the question. I'm kind of curious. We like, is it successful in that? And, that? and obviously not as a proof. And that's what I'm it's not even trying to do that, but right. is it, is it enticing or, or does it convey something that, you know, someone would find, you know, and there's a fair amount of speculation. I understand yeah. that, but just for the point of discussion, I mean, I agree with what Aaron's saying is that if I just, if you just listen to that story, like, I think I took that question at, or the statement, I guess, at face value whenever I was watching it. And so I was like, oh, okay. I mean, I kind of know the story, but you know, this, I took it as like something in this is going to make you believe in a higher power. And then I watched mm. it as like, oh, nothing. Like if I'm an atheist, <laughs> that doesn't, nothing about that makes me believe in a higher yeah. power. You know, that just... Yeah. That's all like right. the world is random. It's cruel. You know, sometimes good things happen. Sometimes bad things happen. Nothing about that makes me believe in God. But I agree with what you're saying, Aaron, is that seeing somebody go through all that experience. Sure. I could see why somebody would want to believe in God. I could see how that could even help you survive that experience. You know, as as atheist in here talking, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I would say, sure, I could see, you know, that would help you survive that experience. So and if that is going to help you, you know, at that point, it's like, well, anything that helps you survive that experience is probably a good thing. So I agree with it from your perspective or what you were saying, Aaron, but just from the pure perspective of does it make you believe in God or does it prove God in any way? I think no, but I don't think yeah. the movie is trying to, I don't, yeah, I don't no, think the I don't story think so is. Either. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think I'm <laughs> more the, the cynical one, I guess. Like <laughs> I, I agree with both of you that I, I think the movie is earnest. I don't think it's trying to demean. I think it's celebrating faith. Um, and so it, I don't, it's not trying to be, but I think it's by its own nature and its treatment. Mm -hmm. And I think the earnestness of the treatment is what's insulting. Yeah. I think it by yeah. saying there's one God and yeah. all these faiths, like you really are disrespecting, like every one of those faiths would be like, whoa, 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 no. Right. Right. I'm a, you know, I'm not a Christian. I'm a, you know, Muslim or I'm a, you know, whatever, like they all have, they all hold themselves to be exclusive. And so you're telling billions of people who hold to these various faiths, like you're all wrong. Your claims of exclusivity are narrow-minded and wrong. Right. It's all just one God and you're hung up on the tiger versus the person versus the hyena versus the orangutan or the mother or whatever. Like, you know, what you were saying about the, 
uh, going back to what, you know with the Empire State Building, yeah, yeah. They, like those things aren't just details; they're core yeah. tenets mm-hmm. of these systems right. of belief, and they matter. And you change those things around, or like like using like we're Christians, so like Jesus wouldn't have been cool with that message. Like, like Jesus explicitly taught against it, and you know I'm not breaking news uh, on that, but like there's each one of those faiths has an exclusive claim that they set themselves up against or against right. other world faiths. And so what has the veneer of can't we all just get along? This is, this is the movie version of the coexist bumper sticker that right. I see all over Austin, right. um, which has like a, it appeals to our sense of wanting to just, Hey, let's let go of the little stuff. Let's just kind of hug it out and just be at peace with one another. But when you just yada, yada, yada away, those differences, you're actually <laughs> right. insulting yeah. those faiths that are ancient and, and developed over thousands of years and earnestly held and, and you know, people take serious. And so I don't, th- we're used to the sneering kind of, oh, you believe in things that we can't touch, taste, feel, or measure, like you're an idiot. Like, not that at all. Right. And I think it's open to spirituality, but I think that in trying to pass itself off as enlightened and deep in this like better way, it's actually insulting to not just Christianity, but, but any one yeah. of those faiths. And like even his way of collecting them all is it, like, there's a reason why we don't have Christian, you know, right, right. Muslim, like you, you, if, that's when the dad is right. Like yeah, the dad's you do right. all of them, mm-hmm. you, you got none, you, you know, don't believe and, in anything. Right. And so I think it's with a smile on its face and I think it's with warmth and it's greeting, but I do think that it's ultimately, insulting. I know you guys don't disagree with what I'm saying. Right. So it's just a way of, you know, I, so I don't have any quarrel with what yeah. you said. I know yeah, you don't have yeah. a quarrel with what I said, but, um, and, and I, I guess it's just, uh, I don't know, maybe this is, I thought it was interesting. The choice of the, the calling the, the main character of pie, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like it's a weird name. It doesn't even seemingly fit. I mean, this is weird math element to it, the, the pool thing, but like, Pi is a limitless number, right? It can go on for infinity. And, and it's like the character Pi accepts no limitations when it comes to, to faith, you know? And Pi is a, an irrational number, not to get all math geeky, but like, you know, it's, right. it's an irrational number. It can't be defined in a, in a fraction. It can't be represented in a fraction. It, it's real. And it's this like kind of almost people see it as this like mystical divine kind of whatever the right, there's a word for it, but I'm, like a certain kind of number. Um, Cause it's a ratio, right? Of, of the circle's circumference to its diameter yeah. or whatever. Um, and so it's almost like this movie is trying to stake out that ground of like what an irrational number it's real, mm-hmm. but it can't be defined. Right. And it's trying, you know, I, I just thought that was like a, an interesting commentary kind of baked in there. Yeah, it's the realm of, like, I kind of keep coming back to, like, he, like, Richard Parker is a, a metaphor for his own, like, kind of savage nature. Yeah. It's like a real observed thing that he knows exists in him, but, like, yeah. how does he define it? How does he understand it? Like, and it's that way with irrational numbers. Like, these are real things that we know exist in, in math, um, but, the, and the, I'm quickly at the limits of my yeah, yeah. <laughs> my mathematical yeah. knowledge all, here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nodding along. Whatever you say, yeah. <laughs> but uh, save me in. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Engineer, talk about irrational numbers. <laughs> I do. I have a minor in math, actually. Oh, but, thank uh, goodness. Yeah, but I can't say I remember a lot of it. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I don't know that I have that much more to add. Whoop. <laughs> yeah. He knows wow. the whoop. <laughs> All right. At well, least on the math side. Uh, <laughs> Let's, I guess, this is as good as time as any to kind of wrap it up. Um, let's rate. What's, what are we going to use? So I was thinking... Uh, we could do floating bananas. We could do <laughs> flying fish. Human teeth. We could do human teeth. <laughs> it's a little too dark. Tigers. <laughs> we could do tigers. tigers. I like the bananas. Okay. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. How many bananas would you give this? Man, I don't know. I was thinking about this. I really like a lot of things about it, and I like it better than I expected to, I think. And even, like, halfway through the movie, I was kind of thinking, yeah, this is interesting, but I don't know that I love this. But then with the twists and everything, it adds a lot. I think I would give it four just because I I agree, Tim. At the end of the day, I do think it's kind of condescending in in a way that... And, and I, I feel that a lot where it's like if somebody is being condescending, I feel like I'm pretty sensitive to that. And I don't necessarily feel it. But at the end of the day, I disagree with what it's saying pretty heavily, yeah. <laughs> like in in just so many different ways and very strongly. So I think I knock it for that. Um, <laughs> there was something else I had. I had another reason why. It, why I was going to give it four. I don't know if I remember it, I'll, I'll tell you guys, <laughs> but okay. yeah, I, I think four, I, I really like it. I enjoy it. It made me cry. I, it's, it's a sad movie. It does a lot of things really well. Um, but yeah, I do think that it's, yeah, I kind of disagree with it and man, I had something really good and I can't remember what it was now, but yeah, I'll, I'll say four. I'll go four. Four floating four bananas. Floating bananas <laughs> All right. right now, yeah. All right, Aaron. It's not enough to save you, but you could you could eat them for a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'll go three and a half floating bananas. Oh, wow. three um, and a half. Huh. Similar reasons. I don't have much more to say than that, but it, I I truly enjoy it. Like it, it's yeah. beautiful. Um, I want to see it in three D. I haven't. Um, that would be cool. I've That'd heard it's cool. pretty incredible in three yeah. D. It's one of the what I read. It's one of the uh, like more highly regarded uses of three D. Um, in films, I think the storytelling's well done. Um, like I said, I like some of the acting, I like the writing, the way the characters are developed. Um, I do want that Mama G movie, the, <laughs> the Piscine Molitor. Uh, <laughs> I want to see that. Um, yeah, I want to see the sequel where he just turns into Dexter. And he gets <laughs> that just sounds so dark. Man, that really <laughs> took a dark turn. Yeah. But the, uh, yeah, I, I agree with the, the, what lowers the rating for me is the, the just the overall message yeah. I do like I said I, I think it's earnest I think they're trying to be respectful I think it comes from a sincere place um, but I think it fundamentally misunderstands the, all the faiths it talks about yeah yeah, I think I'd probably split the difference and go 3.75. Oh, oh, wow. Can we do wow. that? Yeah. Wow. We can slice okay. that banana. Yeah. yeah. The orange juice took a nip and I pulled it yeah. back yeah, before you right. get all of it. And that's what was left. You can go yeah. to as many decimal places as pie has. Yeah. That's, that's right. Yeah. I think that's the <laughs> infinite precedent that we're setting That's what we should have done. How many yeah. decimal points? How many? Uh, yeah, I... It's so funny. Like, this movie it's almost like a tennis match back and forth. Like yeah. there are so many things that on the surface I should like hate this movie. Like <laughs> I hate that kind of 
yeah. vapid, Me like, too, yeah. just blah, you know, just treatment of it. But man, I could, I, I was intoxicated by the visuals. Mm-hmm. I loved the pacing. I loved the storytelling. I'm a sucker for that narrator going back and telling mm-hmm. something and mm-hmm. the way they cut back and forth. I just, I, I loved even the surreal parts of it. It just, everything about it, like you said, it was cast away with a tiger. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. I like, I loved all of it. And there were just the parts that like should really have tanked it for me and made me like want to turn it off halfway through. Like I was legit engaged. I, mm. I enjoyed watching it. Um, and I don't have to agree. I, I'd hate a lot more movies than I do. If right. I, you know, it's like, if you don't agree with my beliefs, then I don't like it. But it's more that I think the movie in a way that didn't feel condescending. I, I agree with you, Ian, but I do think the movie thinks it's intelligent. <laughs> and it's almost like when you're talking to somebody who thinks well, that they're yeah, really, not just, just intelligent, like, but more intelligent. Exactly. Yeah. And, and not in a way that's trying to demean you, but right. just in a way that's impressed with itself. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's just hard for me to like revere or like really like get bought in all the way when I'm just like, you're not nearly as clever. Like sure. you think that, you know, people who think like me, are the backwards unenlightened ones that you're trying to lift up. And actually I see you as, you know, you need to, you know, and not in a hostile way. And you know, I'd be friends with the human version of life of pie, right? Whatever, you know, <laughs> if you could, or Richard Parker, definitely. Um, but yeah, ultimately it's, I enjoy it. I'll watch it. If it's on, I'll, I'll be happy to stop and, and, you know, enjoy it. But it, it has a ceiling. And it met mm. its ceiling and probably the ceiling was probably three and a half and it nudged up just for completely just enjoyable reasons. But that's it for me. So this is a really, we do recommendations now. Yeah. I struggled hard. Yeah. I, I, I actually really was going to come in and say, I got nothing. I'm glad that you guys did. Cause I had and a really hard time too. One popped into my head at the last minute. So I got that, but I'll go last. So. Uh, I want you to take Aaron's. Okay, so my first. <laughs> <laughs> I've well, got three, so. Oh, oh dang. Whoa, so okay. good luck. Hey, wow. Aaron, I should have known Aaron would know. I don't think, well, one of them you might. Okay, so I have two, but one of them I actually haven't seen. Can <laughs> oh, I give so recommendations? Best recommendation. Can I give yeah. recommendations for things I haven't seen? I do think somebody who liked Life of Bio would like this movie, because I actually read this book, but I haven't seen the movie. It's, um, oh, shoot. Oh, I wrote it down. Unbroken. Uh, it is also about a guy who spends a lot of time in a lifeboat. I, I <laughs> really if you like lifeboats, yeah. <laughs> if you like guys in lifeboats, uh, it's just it's a it's a dark. It's, it's a true dealing, story. Yeah, it's a true story. It's dealing with something that is hard, um, but then it's hopeful at the end. So you know, <laughs> you at the end the of the day, I did. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I love the book. The movie's horrible. Oh really? I haven't yeah. seen that. Angelina Jolie did the movie. Is I did see that awful. she directed it. Which I yeah, they really took all the interesting Christian parts out uh-huh. and like oh, okay. completely stripped well, that's it. Like of a of, that's yeah, a lot of yeah. I know the they took it all out. Huh. Mm. And hmm. I would recommend the book. Okay, I'm jumping on your recommendation. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I always the think movie's books terrible. Are, the movie is really better, hard so. to get through. Okay, huh? Well, good to know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, yeah. my second Next. recommendation. <laughs> I'm doing everyone a public yeah. service. This is also uh, pretty tangential, but I was thinking two popes. I think you might like if you like <laughs> okay. this movie because it's, it's go on. It's, uh, Which one's Richard Parker? Yeah. <laughs> definitely the German. The German one. The German yeah, one. he's definitely he's pretty he's pretty um. fierce because <laughs> um, it's. 
it has these very like philosophical themes, but Tim is just losing it yeah. right now. He wasn't ready for two popes. <laughs> <It> was- <laughs> <laughs> two tigers, actually, is two tigers. what it was going to be called originally. Pope Pius, it's <laughs> yeah. in the movie. Come on. <laughs> yeah, it's, come on, it's right there in front of you. It's not that far out. Oh. Uh, not a tiger. I think yeah. that would have been the last movie I expected to hear. <laughs> no, okay, <laughs> here's, here's my case because it's about two popes that are stuck in a life raft together. I actually haven't seen that movie either. So, oh. no, it's it, because it, it has like these explicitly theological, philosophical themes, but the way that it interacts with them is kind of fun, kind of campy. I think it is probably also rated rated PG. Might be PG thirteen, um, but it has kind of this this throwback. Oh, I'm losing it. It has these like these extended flashbacks. You know, said so kind of has the storytelling element. I don't know. I had a really hard time coming up with You're talking me into it. I, yeah. I, I think there's things there. The more yeah. I thought of it, and I was like, no, that's ridiculous. But then no. the more I thought about it, I think there actually are some similarities. And I think, like, the sense of humor, I think, is kind of the same. So, yeah, go check that out. I also, I want to do that movie on this podcast. Hopefully, we'll do that I'd soon. I'd love to, yeah. And then I'll be able to recommend, recommend Life, Life, Life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Unbroken. Yeah, yeah. And Unbroken. That's oh, good. man, wow. Uh, right I was not ready for what that. What do you was, have? <laughs> I wrestled with it, too, so I kind of broke it up into three pieces. I, I think the Wes Anderson comparison for the yeah, first I thought about that was spot on. So I, I would say if, if you like that piece of the movie, see Rushmore. It's a, you know, um, I think the, the second piece was if you liked the kind of like lone lone survivor kind of aspect the way that he's figuring out things uh to you know to make his way on the ocean um the martian popped in my head oh uh, yeah you know, that i like that movie. um yeah i like it too since I've seen it. and then the third one if you like the philosophical aspect of um especially exploring like part of what i think this life of pi is exploring is the kind of like the how do we understand kind of like the dark places in, in the heart of man mm. and um, uh, Aguirre Wrath of God. It's, it's classic. It's on the, it's always on like the all time movie list. It's, uh, it's uh, you your Herzog voice. That's my Herzog. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The yeah. penguin. Yeah. <laughs> That's also my recommendation. <laughs> the deranged penguin. <laughs> if you like the opening credits of the movie, <laughs> yeah. the nihilistic <laughs> penguin yeah. YouTube. on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. Just, just YouTube that. It's one of the better YouTube videos yeah. out there. <laughs> But yeah, that's what I got. Okay. I, I like how you broke it down. Cause I think that was my struggle mm. was like when I like regard this film, it's just the, the religion or the, the philosophical themes just dominated. I'm like, well, what's movies like that? Right. I came up in, I had nothing. And I'm just like, I can't say Slumdog Millionaire just because it's Indian <laughs> and there's Indian people. Yeah. Wow. You know, that's, that's insulting. Yeah, wow. and, and like, <laughs> And so I'm like, can't go there. <laughs> and like, I just, yeah, like I, I thought about the mark, but I, I just don't, and I think it's a good recommendation, but like the heart of it, it just didn't feel yeah. like congruent with what I was saying. And so I was going to come in and say nothing, but then <laughs> I remembered, and it's it's not a religious or, or spiritual or making an argument or anything like that, but the, the Tim Burton movie, Big Fish, hmm. um, 
and it plays with the, it's about a, an estranged father and son and the father's like on his deathbed and the son's kind of, kind of coming to try to like mend fences and there's just a lot of hurt in that relationship. And the father's like a, a tall tale kind of teller, you know, just, and so it's in Tim. So Life of Pi has a very strong visual style. Yeah. All Tim Burton movies have a very distinct right. mm-hmm. visual style. And then there's a lot of like the surreal and you never quite know what's literal and what's not. Mm. And cause it's this dad telling like a lot of like his life story, how he met his mom, just walking through his life to his son mm-hmm. and his son's getting frustrated cause he's like, like, you know, there's mermaids and you know, all <laughs> kinds of like right. thing. And he's just like, that's not, but it's almost like what the life of pie is getting at of like, you're focusing on the literal details mm. and the literal things and like the, the heart of what he's saying is true. And the son was feeling like alienated from his dad because he felt like he couldn't connect because he couldn't trust anything his dad said. And mm-hmm. I think it's sort of trying to show that's his dad's way of connecting. You know, it's not that he's trying to lie or obscure. It's that he's communicating kind of concepts and not, you know, and maybe they're just on different frequencies, but it's that Burton visual story. And you're, you're always wondering what's real and what's not in the way that it's kind of like Life of Pi, not not exactly, but it, it kind of the the best movie I could think of that that captured that vibe. Um, different subject matter, but similar art direction and and playing with real or not. And so, hmm. um, yeah, that's that's my take. So, um, I think we're turning into. Two hour our, po- our, our podcast is longer than the movies. Yeah. Yeah. I, I take that as a, yeah. a badge of honor. Uh, others may not agree. <laughs> but we will be back next week. In, uh, we're going from what? The, the life of pie to a slice of life. Is that what we decided? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I can't wait. We'll see you next week. Bye. See ya. Could have made an orange juice connection too. I just realized. Oh man, that's a missed opportunity. You flipping through the channels late at night, looking for a movie.